Hello! Hey, don't you stop lying. Hello! And welcome to another exciting adventures of... Hey! I just dropped my comic. Whoa! Say chicken. Chickens are my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. The chicks. Cute. There's... You always got to use a rooster to close it out. I've always said that. Always. Hello! And welcome to Tales from the Attic. Christmas Craptacular. Isn't that awesome? If you're new here, this is what I do. Uh, usually in regular Tales from the Attic, I just go over to my attic, I reach into a long box, I grab a comic, and I, and I read it. We read it together. Well, you read it if you have it. I read it to you, and then we just have fun. It's just, it's just a, it's a grand old time. <laughs> and uh, and the Christmas Craptaculars is I do four, four, the whole month of December, and 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 I and once a week, and I find a Christmas comics, and uh, or Christmas theme comic, and and we go through it together to celebrate this glorious holiday season. Glorious holiday season. Let me put it all together for you right there. So when you're doing the hustling and bustling of the shopping and the thing and the stuff and you do with the traffic and you're stuck and people are beeping at you and you just like you just want to start screaming obscenities. Well, you don't have to. You know what? You put me on. And, and uh, you just you just click the button and you turn me on. Hey now. And then. <laughs> And then hopefully you listen to this and, and you have fun. And, and it'll, it'll just dissolve all your... Because the holidays are great, but it's, it's stressful. It is. And I'm, I'm here to alleviate that stress. You know, it's a busy time uh, for me. And uh, I like to do these. And, and I and I want to think I'm hoping... I'm, I'm, I'm help, hoping I'm helping... Say that 12 times sideways. I'm hoping I'm helping the, the, the shopper, the... Uh, the guy may be sitting at his desk, and his boss is like, yeah, we're going to need those spreadsheets by tomorrow. And you're like, <laughs> so there you go. And, um, you know, while you're out shopping, you could listen to me. Segway, this one was forced. <laughs> very, very forced. So, look, we, we you got that nerd in your life, that geek, the one who likes comics and comics and stuff and things and sci-fi things and stuff well you could go to D and you don't know what to get them or where to go go to dcservice.com dcbservice.com i that was the first one was wrong that was dcbservice.com anything you want out of previews is there you could order t-shirts you could order toys you could do this you could do that um and they also have a great sister site for someone who uh you know in, on your list that you know, maybe you got a buddy and you're like, you've been 
say you're say I'm just throwing this out there. Say you you say you know what, uh, Joe. I don't know any Joe you want. I you should really have have read Hellblazer from Vertigo Comics. And uh, Joe's like, you know, I always wanted to try, but it's like so many issues in, and I don't know where to start. Well, you just go right there from the DCB service site. There's a little icon on the side of the page, and and then you click on InStockTrades.com, and you can go shopping there. And everything in InStockTrades.com is is and and DCB service is anywhere between uh, you know 35 to 75 percent off. They, they you know. Uh, for your monthly comics, they do that, 35 75% off. But then on in-stock trades, they actually even have, like, a clearance section that has really cool stuff. You can get trades for, like, $3, $4. And on in-stock trades, if you if you have a, an order over 50 bucks, free shipping. Yeah, free shipping. And let's put it this, you know, you and I, look, we're talking here, okay? And I know you know, and I know that you know. You get on that site. Fifty dollars is a shoe in, all right. You'd be like, "I'll get this for for Joe," but oh, I always wanted this, and it's what? Blah blah blah. blah is only seven cents, and blah, I don't know if they have books for seven cents. But anyway, so go there, DCBService.com, InStockTrades.com for all of your holiday shopping needs. And now to our Christmas issue. This is for Marvel Comics. Uncanny X-Men number 98. All new. All different. X-Men. Uh, this is... Uh, let me see. How many issues is this after Giant Size X-Men? So it was Giant Size X-Men and then there was 94. So there's so there's like five issues after. So you're, you're kind of... Six issues maybe? You're kind of getting... Uh, this is written by Chris Claremont, of course. Uh, with... Artist, the late great David Cockrum, Dave Cockrum, and this one is Merry Christmas, X Men. I don't know why I said that so hateful. Merry Christmas, X Men. And so here we go. They're in Rockefeller Center. The X Men are. There's a uh, Banshee and Maureen McTaggart and um, Cyclops, a Marvel Girl. Jean Grey's not Phoenix at this point yet. She's Marvel Girl and Storm and Colossus and Wolverine who's standing slightly to the left of everybody else. And the Nightcrawler, he got on his uh, image inducer thingy, so he looks like a, a guy. <laughs> and then the crowd, there's Nick Fury. Nick Fury and that, that lady, uh, what's her name, the Tessa? Is her name Tessa, this S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, the one that, she was a countess or some shit? I I'm not really good with S.H.I.E.L.D. history. I'm not going to lie. I uh, Nick Fury was just kind of like a background character for me. I mean, you know. So, anyway, so there at Rockefeller Center. There's people ice skating. And it looks like Dr. Doom's even ice skating in the back there. I'm serious. There does. It looks like a guy dressed like Dr. Doom is ice skating in the back. And it says, Christmas in the Big Apple. A quiet time for once. Yeah, right. <laughs> a time of joy and beauty. And when people can relax and forget about the about default and layoffs and garbage and politicians who couldn't care less. Political statement, 1976, 77-ish. Uh, Midtown's a fairy kingdom this year. A magic land of light and color. Of carols begun in St. Pat's and spreading out among the Fifth Avenue crowds. In short, 
time for love. That's right. And the X-Men are right in the thick of it. They're right in the thick of it. So then uh, Jean Grey's like, Scott Storm, all of you, can you believe it? A white Christmas. And then uh, and she's like, for the first time in years, New York's got itself a real honest-to-goodness white Christmas. And Wolverine's like, I'm from Canada. Okay, and, and and Colossus is like, I'm from Russia. Okay, we have white, we have white Fourth of Julys. Okay, we no, they didn't say that. And she says to Jean Grey's like, isn't it the snow beautiful, Aurora? And then uh, Storm is like, in its way, Jean. But I can't help remembering that on the slopes of Kilimanjaro, the snow is white. Well, of course the snow is white. It's white New York City, too. What's that supposed to mean? What's she trying to say? Is she talking about cocaine? Is that what she's talking about? I don't know what she's talking about. And there's a Santa Claus, and he's from the Salvation Army, and people are throwing change and dollars and thing. And she's all like, oh, brother, it's Christmas. This is Jean Grey. Jean Grey is very excitable about this holiday season. She's like, you know, Roro, there are times when I think you're as bad as Scott. Scottish Cyclops for those who've been living in a bubble and she's like and you should see what I have to go through to get him to let his hair down once in a while and he Scott's all like very funny little lady I thought all you had to do was smile and then uh, Colossus and, and Nightcrawler are chasing after these two women they're just, they're just following them like creeps and, and Cyclops is like anyway Kurt and Peter seem to be enjoying themselves and um uh, and uh, Jean Grey is like, Mr. Summers, your gift for the understatement boggles the mind. And then, and the girl that they're following, one of the girls that they're following, she turns, she says, Amanda, I think we're being followed. And then she's like, Bet you hear me sc screaming for a cop? What? <laughs> so, so these two women like being followed by complete strangers. And then uh, Nightcrawler who looks like a dude because of his image inducer. He's like, Avidaslin mean from. And, and he's like, if, if you don't hear from us again, don't worry. Merry Christmas. So he's telling, he's telling his friends, he's like, don't worry about us. We're going to be fine. We're going to be, we're going to be ho-ho-hoing with the, you know what I'm talking about. And then uh, Banshee is all like, and on that note, me boys, Maria and I will be moving on ourselves. har tar 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 and it's, he says, we're to be showing each other the sights of New York. And then uh, they're like, what about you, Wolverine? And Wolverine's all like, this is when he was very standoffish. He was. He was like, people didn't know a lot about him. Um, uh, he he just kind of, he, he was from Hulk 181. He kind of popped up. Um, they threw him in Giant Size X-Men. Um, and... Uh, Put him on the X-Men team, but you didn't know a lot about him. You didn't know where he, you know who he was, where he came from, what was going on, and that that went on for a while too. Um, I mean, he formed a development with the team, but at this point, nobody really knew anything about him, which which I always liked because I think when uh, they did Wolverine Origin Origins, um, they kind of took that away from the character. That kind of made him special, you know. Um, Anyway, so, uh, here we go. Um, 
So she's all like, what about you, Wolverine? He's like, what about what about me, Miss Gray? I got no use for Christmas. She's got no use for it. Christmas. Blah, Christmas, he says. And then she's like, oh, well, have a nice time anyway. And then um, uh, Scott and um, Jean are going to have dinner on top of a skyscraper someplace in Rockefeller Center. And she's like, she's, uh, Wolverine's like, strange man, that Wolverine. We've been together almost a year, and I still, I still, not, I'm still not sure if he'll work out. And uh, he goes, but then I was, I was sure about Alex and Lorna, and they tried to kill us, and, and, and they tried to kill him. Polaris and and Havoc tried to kill the X Men last issue. Marv Wolfman says because he's the editor on this book. And they're in front of the elevator. Jean starts yelling at him. She goes, "Stop it! It's Christmas, Scott, and you've been tearing yourself apart over." Over Alex for weeks. Yeah, it's just your brother who tried to kill you. I mean, why, why even, why sweat it, dude? You know, you, you can't. You just this once give it a rest and kiss me. And they get in the the ele- well, they're outside the elevator, and they're all mm, mm, kissing. And she goes, "Didn't you hear me, you big lug? I said, kiss me." And he goes, "Gene, I mm, his tongue and everything." And there's two guys coming out of the elevator, and it suspiciously looked like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And uh, the Jack Kirby-looking gentleman says, Hey, Stan, you know who they were? I tell you, they never used to do that when we had the book. And then Stan's like, Ah, Jack, you know these young kids. They got no respect. I knew it was you guys. You can't hide from me, Stanley, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I don't know why. Anyway, so they're all the way up at the top of the skyscraper at the restaurant, and they're at the coat check. And Cyclops is like, Miss Gray, did I ever tell you that you were beautiful? She goes, not tonight. And he goes, well, you are. And uh, and then she's all like, now it's my turn, Scott. Do you love me? What the hell is that? He told her she was beautiful. And she's like, now it's my turn. Like she was going to give him a compliment. And she's all like, do you love me? Do you? Why is there no ring on my finger? She didn't say that. Uh, and they're about to go. And he goes, I do. Yes, I love you very Shatner like and she goes I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you love me and then all of a sudden and uh they're both looking out the window and they're shocked and uh the narrative box says as we said a night of joy such a pity it wouldn't it couldn't last and then all of a sudden Scott's looking out, out the window they're both looking out the window and they're like what something huge is outside tearing at the roof and then Cyclops is yelling Gene and she's like, oh my god, no! It can't be them, not them! A lot of explanation points in this issue. Um, and the narrative box says, but it is! And then it's two sentinels, they're ripping through the restaurant, and there's people just running, and they're both just standing there, and they're like, prepare to face your doom, mutant, for the sentinels have returned. Oh! Oh! What's Christmas without mutant hunting robots? I've always said that. And then the sentinel's like, Main mission program requires capture of mutant entities, Cyclops, and Marvel Girl. Resistance is useless. We are equipped to negate the powers of all the X-Men. And Cyclops is... He got... Dude, this dude got ruby cord flip glasses. So he could flip the ruby cords up and shoot laser beams out of his eyes. That's pretty dope. I don't care. And he's like, he's right. Of course he's right. He's a robot. He knows what he's talking about. He knows all about him. And he's like, he's right. My eye beams aren't even slowing him down. And she says, and Gene's like, maybe not. What if he's referring to the old X-Men 
the ones that they fought all the way back in 1969. And then she says, uh, it could be that this ugly doesn't know my telekinetic powers got a lot stronger now than than it was then. Explanation, explanation, explanation point. It shoots the shoots him with a telekinetic blast in the chest and in the foot. I don't know how she did that at the same time. And uh, the Sentinel's like, warning, mutant mind blasters, throwing this unit off balance. And then Cyclops is like, beautiful move, chain, exclamation point. And he flips over his ruby quartz flippy glasses and it's huge blast. And he goes, the Sentinel's outside the building. Now I can let him have it at full power. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you know, I mean, why not? It just send a 50-foot robot crashing down from a skyscraper onto Rockefeller Center. Why not? Nothing, nothing bad there. And then he said, in other words, scratch one sentinel. And he's all, I got him. And he blasts right through him, and there's parts and bits and bits and bits of parts. And then uh, the narrative box says, the problem is there's two of them. And it's true, there is. And, and it grabbed Jean Grey, and it's blasting at Cyclops, and he fell into a bunch of rubble. And uh, Jean Grey's like, the Sentinel's blast. Scott didn't have a chance. And the robot's all like, the Sentinel's all, Terminal dysfunction recorded from Sentinel A7. This unit was forced to take extreme action against mutant Cyclops. And she's all, Sentinel, if you killed them all, and he, dude, he sprayed her with knockout gas out of his wrists. He's all, Psst. And she said, this unit has killed him, mutant. His power was too great for this unit to cope with alone. Sentinel A3 to main mission. I am returning with Captive Marvel Girl via Ultra Linear Leap. Events that target focus Rockefeller Center necessitate termination of mutant life entity Cyclops message ends. You know what? They're really pushing it that Cyclops is dead. Three panels, that's all they talked about. But guess what? Sentinel flies away. <laughs> Who comes out of the rubble? Cyclops. And he's hanging on, and he, he falls out the window, and he's hanging on to a radio mast that's a radio tower he's hanging on and he's like my whole chest feels like it's on fire good lord sentinels lifting off the shifting wreckage throwing me off the roof and he's like this radio mass is my only hope i pray it holds because if it doesn't it's 60 stories to the street no banshee to catch me as i fall and he's yelling it held explanation point <laughs> it's telling you every i love comics from this they have to tell you everything you can see with your eyes and uh He's like, but only by a thread. I move an inch, and the whole mess gives gonna give way. So, where, so I stay where I am, and I hold on. But for how long, Scott? He stuck to himself in the third person. How long? And then it says, backtrack a minute now, when the witness, and witness the arrival of some rather unique wreckage on Radio City Music Hall. Doorstep. Yeah, no one goes to Radio City Music Hall to see the Rockettes at Christmas. It's only probably like their biggest selling thing ever in the history of ever at Radio City Music Hall. So there's just huge robot bits and pieces and heads and legs just falling down on them. And the guy, some guy's yelling, Run for it! Everybody finds some cover fast! Sounds like the whole building's coming down! And then Banshee's like, Saints service. That's That's no building, friend! That's a sentinel. Tar, 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 tar. And he's like, no time, sir. He's, he's in such a rush to get into his Banshee costume. He screams at his clothes and rips them off. Because he's got his thing on. Like, really? You couldn't just... 
If the Sentinels hunting mutants again, Scott and Jean are going to need all the help they could get. Tur, 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 tur. And he yells at Moria. He's like, Moria, ye and Storm, find Nightcrawler and Colossus and warn them. Because if the Sentinels are back. And, and Storm's like, Banshee, what's a Sentinel? And he's like, to a mutant. A Sentinel's another name for death. And then uh, he goes to fly away and Wolverine grabs his legs. And he's like, wait up, bub. If there's a fight brewing, then Wolverine's going to be in it. And then uh, all of a sudden, there's lightning coming down and it's just big glowing in the street. And uh, some guy yells, he goes, Do you hear? That green guy said they was muties. And that black chick is glowing like the sun. What's going on here anyway? And she storms in her storm outfit. And she's flying up. She goes, More than you can ever know, human. And he's all, Hey! Hey! Ow, sorry. And he's like, And she's thinking, She's like, But if Banshee thinks Storm will remain away from the heart of this battle, he is mistaken. And then she just happens to be flying up and sees uh, Cyclops hanging from the from a radio mast. And he falls and she she says, Don't be afraid, my friend. You are safe now. And he's like, Storm, thank God the Sentinels didn't get you all. And he's like, all? She says, all? I don't understand. And he, and he says, a bunch of them nailed Banshee and Wolverine. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> they plucked them right out of the sky and there wasn't a thing I could do to stop it. And she's like, uh, Scott, these Sentinels, are they large metallic robots? And he's like, yeah, of course they are. Why? Oh, boy, there's one behind them. And he blasts Cyclops. And, and he says, Sentinel A3 reported the f life functions terminated. Cyclops was in A3. It was in error. Said error will be corrected now. And he goes to kill him. And then Storm loses it. She goes, no. And um, the Sentinel's like, our pro programming is specific and binding mutant. All those who res resist shall be destroyed and she goes well I am storm monster and I resist you and I will not be destroyed and her eyes are all glowing and there's hurricane gust winds and then the sentinel's all like female this unit is programmed to deal with all mutant powers this unit warning warning wind velocity increasing turbulence threatening systems overload and she says you are only a machine sentinel how can a mere machine stand up against the power of storm the power of a rampaging hurricane Wow, these X-Men don't give a shit. They are over Rockefeller Center. They throw down a 50-foot robot. There's just building pieces and, and radio masts falling from the sky. And now there's like a Class 20 hurricane over New York City. It's not in the streets, but it's over. I mean, they're skyscrapers. Those shits are going to fall. And then she's like, and then the people on the way, Chris, look up in the sky. He's like, yeah, Bonnie, I see it, but I don't believe it. A hurricane... A freaking hurricane floating 70 stories above Rockefeller Center. And in the eye of that hurricane is one wind-caressed woman, giggity, who molds this tempest as a master sculptress molds her clay. Cyclops wakes up and he's like, oh my god, they can't kill Cyclops for shit. And he's like, Aurora, for pretty sake, stop before I start the entire city. And she's like, it's done. There's no need to worry, Scott. I have total control over my abilities. Nothing harm, nothing was harmed save the Sentinel. And, it, and there you go. You're looking at uh, legs and arms and bits and pieces falling from the sky on this Rockefeller Center. And uh, so Cyclops is like, so I see. But if Professor X were here, I'm sure he'd... And then he just starts screaming, Good Lord, Professor X! Exclamation points. And he's like... He, he, he doesn't know about the new Sentinels. He's got to be warned. Meanwhile, 
A nice thought, Scott, but you're a bit too late. And there's Professor X sitting in a big fishing chair, and he's on a yacht in the Bahamas, and he's he's in a big like you know like you 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 know them chairs where you got to wear the seatbelt with the big old fishing thing because you fish for like swordfish or sharks or some shit, and some and uh and uh yeah. He he he's a half a day and a and and south a thousand miles on a private yacht trolling the Bahama out Isles. I don't know what that means. And and um, so he's chilling and he's hanging out with an old friend. And the old friend says, "I don't know, Charles, but I didn't. If I didn't know better, I'd figure this was some sort of practical joke." Enter. Uh, Peter Corbu, Peter Corbu. Peter Corbon, Ph.D., D.C.S., V.H.W., twice Nobel Prize winner, and the and director of the U.N.'s Project Star Corps, as readers of the Hulk will no doubt remember, Marv Wolfman says. And he's talking about some binary star system um, that Professor X is talking about. And he's, he's like, I, I've charted a, half the Milky Way, and your binary, uh, binary isn't out there anywhere. And uh, Professor X is like, you sure, Peter? You might have missed something. And he goes, you know me better than that. I checked that program a dozen times. And, uh, you know, he said, I even ran it through uh, Fantastic Four and Avengers charts. And there's still no uh, result. And he says, Charles, you've been under a hell of a strain lately. You know, more than any man could rightly stand. Could it be that uh, this binary of yours isn't real at all? Could it be all in your mind? And Professor X is like, what are you saying? He's all, yeah, you're just tired, that's all. And he said, I also think you should seek professional help. Crazy, because you're cuckoo bananas. Then all of a sudden, the fishing line goes, and, and then uh, Peter Cordonbleu, he was like, uh, what a bite, man. And then all of a sudden, coming up is a sentinel with 50 feet of fishing line in his hand. And he's like, and the narration box says, that's one way of putting it all right. And the the robot's like Charles Xavier, I've come for you, and he and and uh, Charles is like a sentinel. That's impossible. My mental defenses should have shielded me, but they haven't. And then so he's like, very well, sentinel, you found me, but you'll find capturing me is something altogether. And he hits him with a mind blast, and then the thing is like, uh, sentinel's like danger, danger, mutant mind blast, penetrating shields, shields. This is uncomprehensible. And then he falls into the water, and Professor X is still laying it on, and. Uh, his buddy Peter, man, he hit a button and all of a sudden his his yacht comes on. There's like these these uh, skis on the bottom of it, and he just he turns it into a hydrofoil. He says, and he hit a button, man, and they're flying now. They're gonna try and get to shore, and then all of a sudden Professor X gets some crazy thing in his head, like some kind of psychic feedback or something, and he and it has to do with some kind of alien race, and he gets hit. And he's like, ah, and he's yelling, and he's like, mayday, mayday, the, the Peter dude is yelling. That's his name, right? Peter, Peter, uh, called Bo. And he's like, wait, Charles, Lord, that scream. And he thinks he went crazy, but then all of a sudden the Sentinel just comes flying up out of the water and rips the freaking yacht in half. And he's like, you can't escape us, mutant. And he grabs Professor X and he flies. And um, uh, Pete is just, he's hanging up. Does that mean Pete? I forget that already. It's Peter, okay. His buddy Peter's just hanging on a a, a piece of a driftwood like Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of uh, Titanic. 
And he's like, I made it, but what about Xavier? And he's yelling for Charles, but then he sees Sentinel A1, main mission, returning to base. And he's flying, and he goes, sensors indicate solar radiation nearing Sentinel tolerance levels. And he's like, what? And he goes, and he's talking to himself. He goes, it looks bad. You're 200 miles from land, and if no one heard your mayday, it's going to be one long swim. Boom! Time cut now. Four days up the line to December 28, 1975. We're in 75. A Sunday in New York. Except that this isn't New York. What? <laughs> and there's uh, Banshee is up on, he's all like captured, uh, chained to a wall, and Jean Grey is too, and they're, so is Wolverine. And they got like x-rays on Wolverine, and then they got like uh, Professor X in a tube. And there's a bunch of scientists in, in uh, Sentinels and this guy there. And he's like, it's Dr. Stephen Lang. And then um, Banshee's like, well, look at that. The head honcho, Dr. Stephen Lang himself. Dur, 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 dur. He's like, come to pay us all a visit. We're honored, sir. Dar, 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 dar. And then he's all, I'm glad I bring you such high spirits, Banshee. Your friend should learn from your example. He's all, Dr. Lang, excuse me, sir, but the solar radiation storms, as a scientist, show no signs of abating. We should have to shut down the Sentinel operations for the time being. And he's all, understood, technician. You're just a technician, so shut up. And he's like, we'll make do. We've got the mutants we want. And then they're talking about Wolverine. And they don't know if he's a mutant or not. And it's because his readings are all over the place. And he's like, the Sentinel say he is, but mutant or no, whatever the Wolverine is, he isn't human. And Wolverine's like, keep it up, bub, and all. And he's like, you'll do nothing. Those shackles are unbreakable. And then uh, Jean Grey's like, where's your swastika Lang? You don't look so dressed up without it. And he goes, I'm no Nazi, Miss Grey. I'm just a man doing his duty. <laughs> he said duty. Following orders, huh? That's what she said. And he goes, if you like, you mutant kind are the enemy. And I'm to find a way to destroy you. She's like, why start with the X-Men? He goes, because the X-Men have the most... The most effective mutant opposition in, to the Sentinels, because you and you, Cyclops and Xavier, are the heart and soul of the X Men. Cut out the heart, and the body dies. Merry Christmas. And uh, he says his Sentinels are unbeatable. She goes, "You're sad, pathetic, and screwed up. You think the X Men are easily beaten?" And he dude, he smacks her, and he goes, "Yes." <laughs> he smacks her, and Wolverine goes, "That tears it, bub." You can dump on me and Banshee all you like, but when you beats on the lady, that's when you answer to Wolverine. And he snits his claws and he cuts right through those breakable things and he just starts slicing up technicians. <laughs> and uh, they're like, take him out. He's only one man. He's like, ah. And he's just cutting him up. And then uh, Dr. Lang runs to the Sentinel and he's like, a mutant's on loose. Secure him. And then uh, to Wolverine's like, oh, so that's a new game, huh? And he jumps up off the platform and he slices the sentinel in half and then he goes after Stephen Lang and then Stephen Lang runs and he cuts the he cut he shuts the door and then uh Wolverine turns around and he uh he lets out uh Banshee and um and Jean Grey and uh Banshee's like your claws laddie lord above they're part of you we didn't know and he and Wolverine says why should you know Irish it's none of your business and Jean Grey's fiddling with her dress and he's like what are you doing red she goes, I'm trying to tear my dress. Evening gowns weren't designed for for running for running or fighting. And he's like, is that all? Ain't no trouble. All you got to do is he just rips it. And she goes, not so blasted short. And now her evening gown looks like a stripper dress. 
And uh, she goes, thank you very much, I think. And he's all, Wolverine's all smiles and giggles. And he's all, anytime, Red. <laughs> and then uh, Wolverine's like, all right, group, we're wasting time. Let's get out of here. Well, we got a chance. And then Jean's like, not without the professor. And Banshee's like, we can't leave Charles here. But he's unconscious and in this in this tube thing. And he goes, you got a better idea? Look, he's crippled and unconscious. How are we going to carry him and fight? And she says, you find a way, Wolverine. We find a way. Is that clear? And then one of the, the um, Sentinels busts through the wall. And uh, they start fighting it. Banshee hits it. And they're running. And they're running. And then... Um, <clears throat> and then there's more coming at them. And then there's like four more, five more. And then they just go nuts. And Banshee's screaming and, and hitting them. And Wolverine's cutting them up. And Jean Grey's using her telekinetic powers to rip them apart. And one of them grabs Wolverine and he's squeezing them. But he can't slash free because his arms are pinned. So Jean Grey hits him with a side bolt. Fries the whole whole like brain in his head. The Sentinel's head. Like his computer brain. And it's about to fall on top of her. And Banshee flies and grabs her. And he's like, have no fear, lass, when Banshee's here. How about that? He took it from, uh, was that Mighty Mouse who said that? And then, um, and then, so now uh, they're trying to get out of there. And Banshee grabs Wolverine and they're flying out. And he's just blasting everything. And all these technicians are covering their ears and everything. And he busts out a wall and he's screaming and it goes, ee, and then it goes silent. And then we cut to uh, Nightcrawler and, um, Cyclops are in like uh, I think they're at uh, Cerebro and he's like they've been there for three days and uh, Nightcrow's like anything Cyclops and he's like no Kurt I didn't hear you come in there's nothing and then uh, Cerebro scanned the world twice over and there's no sign of them anywhere not them no defensive shields nothing and so he's like Nightcrawler is like, look, dude, you've been you've been at this for four days straight with no rest, no food. You're burning yourself out. And and then Cyclops gets mad and he goes, I know what I'm doing, Nightcrawler. When I want your advice, I'll ask for it. And then there's an intruder alert. Someone's climbing over the brick wall. So uh, so Nightcrawler just he just bamps right out and bamps right to the guy and then bamps back right inside. And and Cyclops is all like, stay here, Kurt. I'm going to get. And he's like, what? Where'd he go? Oh. And then. Uh, so they know who it is. It's Dr. Peter Colbrun, Professor X's friend. And he's sitting in a chair with a blanket and hot cocoa. And uh, they're like, Cyclops says, he's, he's here to help us. And I've taken the liberty of briefing him on all that's happening. And so then turn around and um, he's telling Dr. Colbrun that Cerebro can't find them because he thinks they're dead. That's why they can't find them because there's no trace of them. And he's like, we have to, we have to just except that they died or they fell off the face of the earth. And that's when the doctor, Dr. Peter Colbon, says, that's it. That's why the Sentinel was worried about solar flares. <clears throat> Don't you see, Cyclops? They're not on Earth at all. And then you see Jean Grey and Banshee and Wolverine floating out in the space outside some kind of big old satellite. And it says, to be continued. <gasps> oh, my God. That was... Kind of Christmassy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, X-Men. Now float around in space. Thank you for listening. Please check out my sponsor, uh, dcbservice.com, instructtrades.com. Um, 
do some holiday shopping there. That'd be fun. Check out and see what they got. And uh, I will see you guys next week. Enjoy. And uh, take it easy. I'll see you next week. Happy holidays.